So this week, my, my birthday was on the 10th. I think that makes it, that was Monday, is that right? Monday-ish, sometime around there. I turned 29. It was amazing. It's true. It's true. Um, the day after my birthday, I woke up, I'm going outside, and you know how th- these moments go. I look at the tire of my car, and there's a bolt sticking out of the tire, and the tire is flat. If you've ever just been beautifully surprised by a gift like that, uh, you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be a tire, just some situation in your life that you were not anticipating that's really frustrating. And then I, I you know, I, I get the, the, the tires pumped up enough to drive it to, to the, the shop. I get there, and, you know, the recommendation is that you really need four new tires. Like, what the heck, man? And everybody has these moments where, where you, you have a situation, and it's the, the teeter-totter of your day. You're already grumpy because of this moment, and now you've got one more thing kind of kicking in the door of your day. And you have that choice, and you really you feel it literally crystallizing in front of you of whether or not you're going to choose to have a good day right now, or whether you're going to let this become a bad day, and you're just gonna you're gonna enjoy the wrath of this moment. You know what I mean? Where you just fully embrace the rage and the anger of the moment. Am I the only one? Of course not. We know what this is like. And so the day after my birthday, I'm having to get four new tires put on my car. It's not what I wanted to spend money on. And then I go to pick the car up after I had received a phone call telling me that it was done. And I got there. And they had forgotten to put the fourth tire on my car. Now, if you know me, you know this is this is a this is a this is a knuckle moment. You know, you 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 have four children. You're getting your four kids out of the house. You know, put in a car. Your wife's giving you a lift, and the car isn't ready. So now, and this is just one of those those moments where I wanted to breathe fire, okay, and I could feel the Holy Spirit bothering me in this moment, bugging me. And I was ready to give in, but I felt this conviction. I felt maybe you're newer to church, so this might sound strange, but I felt a leading of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we call that God speaking to us. But I I felt God nudging me and asking me a question literally as I'm sitting there or standing at the counter with the gentleman at the keyboard who's telling me that the car's not done and I want to blow a gasket and I hear God saying, who are you? God, do not bother me right now. I have to have four new tires put on my car. But you already knew that, didn't you, God? (laughs) Who are you? I'm a Christian. Mm, That's right. Who are you? (sighs) Okay. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Oh, God. 
a follower of Jesus, I've been forever changed by him. I've been made new on the inside, filled with the Holy Spirit. He is my king. He is my God. He is my master. That's who I am. Okay, just thought I'd check in there with you, Andy. Have a great day. And that was my moment this past week. We all have moments like that. Now, maybe you brush off the Lord as I was trying to do in that, in that moment. But you, we all have moments where God is trying to remind us who we are. And the reason is simple. Identity is really important. Who you are in Jesus, who you are in God is important. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I don't even get what you're talking about, well, buckle up because we're going to explain in a little bit. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are not the old person anymore. You've been made new. You have a new identity. But it's really easy, isn't it, to forget who you've been made and want to live like hell, my paraphrase, literally. You want to live like the pit of hell. That's what we want to do. We want to give in to our carnal desires, our carnal lusts, who, who, who we were in the fall of sin. And so this morning, we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about a little something that we like to call identity. Who you are in Jesus Christ. Well, we had a mission trip to Cuba just recently. It was amazing. And you have visas and you have passports. And, and I don't even, I'm not even, I don't even remember why we had these. But we had copies of our visa. Is that right? But it looked exactly like the real thing. Only it wasn't the real thing. It was a, it was a perfect little photocopy. Color and everything. But we were warned. <laughs> if you're going through customs, do not give them this little paper copy of your identification and your visa. Last time I checked, trying to get into or out of a communist country on fake papers or copy of papers is not a good idea. Your real, genuine, who you are identification matters. It's important and it's significant. And this morning, as you've already heard me share, we're going to talk about who you are and who I am and who we are. We're in a series called Blockbusters, and the idea behind it is that there is truth so profound in the Scriptures that like a blockbuster movie that invites you to come back for more, to spend money, to talk about it afterwards, to, to post about it, to share about it, to blah, 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 blah. It disorients life for you because it's so good. The scripture has truth that is far more of a blockbuster than anything you will ever see on a big screen. It's that good. It's that true. It's that Worthy of you reorienting your life. 
And so each week we've shown a video clip of a popular movie, either one in the past or one that's out. And we obviously have one here today. It's a little different because I, I kind of created a little bit of a mashup because I could not f- get the clip that I needed to show this. So I basically bootlegged it. That's right. Your pastor bootlegged a video clip uh, to use for today. Fact. And it is an amazing clip, and you may know where I'm going with this. It's a movie that's in the theaters right now, and it's all about a young man's wrestle with who he is. Go ahead and show it. This is a secret. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I can't believe this is happening. What if somebody had died? I was just trying to be like you. I wanted you to be better. I'm going to need the suit back. But I'm nothing without this suit. If you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. You can see where I bootlegged it back on the back end of that. That's the clip that I was trying to get, but it was not available for me to find. Throughout the movie, the, in the new Spider-Man, there's no spoiler here in case... She, a mutiny is about to be on my hands. But as with every Spider-Man, and with just about with every superhero movie, there's a wrestle, isn't there? Of being who they are without the suit. Who are they without the power? And in this moment, we see how excited he is and how amazed his friend is amazed. You're the Spider-Man from YouTube. That's right. I am. Are you an Avenger? Basically, yes. And it's gained, he, he's, he's gaining a relationship, relational equity because of it. But as, again, with most superhero movies, things begin to get out of hand and the suit gets taken away, or as in other movies, the power gets removed or taken away, and there's a wrestling with who they are without that thing. Because more often than not, We allow the things that we do to try to bring definition to our lives. And we try to bank over and over again on our talents, our gifts, our strengths, when that's not really who we are. All of us have a Spider-Man suit at times, do we not? That we try to draw life from and allow to define us. Think of it this way, the mom and dad, being a mom and dad is great, 
But the amount of times a mom and dad actually allow more than who God says they are, they try to draw life from being the best mom and the best dad on the planet. And then this amazing thing happens when children grow up and leave the house. Guess what actually takes place? There is a, there's a, there's a massive shift and people don't know who they are are anymore. And that's why oftentimes there's a spike that even takes place in counseling with married couples. Because they've invested so much into this aspect of who they are. Hear me, you should be a great mom and a great dad. But you, your, your finalized definition before God is not simply that you're a mom and that you're a dad, even though that's really great. We can lose who we are. Think of the athlete. Think of the the musician who is so good at what they do. They can run fast. They can throw the ball far. They can hit the ball out of the park. They can do all of these things, and then they get injured. And they have a difficult time discovering who they are because they've allowed their gift to bring definition. The musician, the singer, you've heard of the singer before, somebody who's famous, who loses the ability to sing. And they have to rediscover who they are. And oftentimes, we try to find definition in the things that we do rather than who we simply have been made to be on the inside. What did the scriptures say? Genesis 1.27. The scriptures remind us in the very beginning, the first book of, of the Bible, it says that God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Newsflash. You and I, even though we don't always look like it at times, have been made to look to be an image bearer. For God. It's weird to think about for a second. Raise your hand if you've been to the, to the new baseball stadium. Yeah, some of you, not all of you. That was less than I was hoping for. Come on, man. All right, you, you go downtown, and especially to areas that are historic. You go to the ballpark. You go. You go to most any stadium of any kind in a city. And eventually, as you're walking around this place, you're going to find a statue, are you not? What are those statues oftentimes, what are they demonstrating? Great moments. Oftentimes, they're paying homage to a tremendous athlete. Somebody that's had massive significance. Now, hear me with this. You make a statue to bring honor to the one that you're, you're making a statue of. In other words, if you're going to go to the trouble of making something bear an image, you want that thing to honor the very thing that you're bearing the image of. And so sometimes when we, when we read Genesis 1, we miss this idea that God has made you to be an image bearer, not of your own glory, not of your own gifts, not of your own talents, but of Him. 
And we wrestle with who we are. Wrestle with identification. You wrestle with, with definition. Who I am on the inside. I have great news for you today. This isn't going to help you get a job. This isn't going to help you get a date. It's not going to make you make more money, but it's going to help you on the inside. And it's really simple that you have been made in the image of God to display his glory. Isaiah 43, 6 through 7 says, bring my sons from afar. This is God talking. His sons and his daughters. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You want to know who you are today? You want to be reminded who you are today? You're more than a fiance. You're more than a husband. You're more than a wife. You're more than a mother and a father. You're even more than a son and a daughter. You are God's breathtaking masterpiece. I mean, he took out his, his paintbrush and he went to work and created the most breathtaking piece that you would be demonstrative of his beauty and his glory. He is the one who has fashioned you, who has formed you, and who has made you. And your life and our lives together have the beautiful purpose of demonstrating and showing off to the world how beautiful and good and great and worthy of glory God is. That's who you are, deep down. It's on Netflix now, so if you've never seen it, you've got a job to do after church today. If you've never seen Bob Ross, okay? I think he was PBS, right? I mean, I can't remember what channel he came on. He's an artist, okay? And he had the sweetest fro ever. I mean, like it was a perfect sphere around his head. It was that alone was worthy of, I mean, only Jesus could do something that magnificent on somebody's head. It was beautiful, okay? And he would just, with just he'd pull out his brush, and he'd have his little palette, and he'd just talk to you like this. And just take your brush right here, and just go ahead and begin to sketch down the side of the easel right here. And we're just going to make some trees. And you're sitting there thinking, how is he doing this? In fact, you don't even know oftentimes what he's making. You're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't even get this. I don't see it all coming together. And then literally with one last color, he puts a little dab on there. Bam, and you see it. And sometimes when we examine our own lives, there's a measure of kind of discovering who we are. And we get impatient and we want to know and we don't want to understand. And I'm going to unpack it even further in just a moment. But understand that you are a work of art. That God is, is painting a masterpiece. And even though you don't see all the pieces coming together, there just might be a moment right around the corner when that brush just hits the canvas and you see it exactly for what it is. For who God has made you to be. You are his image bearer. You show the world the glory of God. You say, well, that's true. Okay, that's great, Andy. But I 
don't feel like that. And that's true, isn't it? You're sitting at the counter trying to buy four new tires and you're wanting to breathe fire. You don't feel like this new creation that the scriptures teach about. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Jesus Christ, he died for your sins. He lived out this perfect masterpiece. There were no mistakes. There were no flaws. He did what you and I could not do and that he lived out this life perfectly displaying God's glory to the world. So that now, because we are not able to, by faith, we are able to live in Jesus. And our identity is in Jesus Christ. And the old Andy is gone. And the new Andy has come. And that is found in Jesus Christ. But yet, why do I still struggle with the same dumb things? I get angry. I'm grumpy, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm worried. I'm struggling to see Jesus' life produced in my house, parenting uh, on campus, my fraternity, my sorority. I'm making dumb decisions, and I'm not honoring God. I'm not bringing Him glory. Why am I wrestling with these things still if the old has gone and the new has come? Oftentimes, we have a Spider-Man moment. (laughs) My clip was poor. You're just going to have to go see the movie. And if you're saying, I haven't seen the movie, in the words of George, member of our church, at this point in time, if you haven't seen this blockbuster movie, you need better friends. (laughs) Spider-Man was finding definition in the wrong things. And consequently, it wasn't bringing life. Things were getting out of place. It was, if you've ever had a, something dislocated before, it's painful. It doesn't work right. And that's what happens when we try to draw life from the wrong things. And then I'm going to say something that I realize isn't always popular with pastors. I don't care. You know, sometimes when people get saved, when people put their faith in Jesus, their life is immediately transformed. And obviously, everybody has changed from the inside out. But I mean, like, like you know, they, they, they were dropping F-miles before church. They put their faith in Jesus. And bam, they are just irrevocably changed on a dime. They don't struggle with those things anymore. It just was cut off immediately. But you know what? It doesn't look that way for everybody, does it? I realize that there are those, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm praying for, for God to miraculously move. But I also see a lot of people who come to faith, that put their faith in Jesus, and then still find themselves wrestling with some things, struggling with some stuff, trying to find freedom in some areas trying to watch their mouth, 
trying to have a healthier marriage, trying not to lose their temper with their kids, trying to love their kids, trying to be a good husband and a good wife or a good student or a good friend. We wrestle with these things. So why the difference between the two? And if you know me, you know that God speaks to me through just kind of normal situations. Even this morning as I was just looking back over the notes, I had to, I had to change some things. And I was reminded of something that just happened to my daughter. Some of you know about it, but even as I share this, your hand's going to want to go over your mouth and you're going to want to gasp, she's fine. Let me just qualify it. This is like when dad has to call mom and say that something happened to one of the children. I'm going to just let you know right now that everybody's fine. But this is what happened. <laughs> That's real life right there. <laughs> everyone's okay. Okay. So we were at a family reunion and my daughter was petting a dog. It was a large dog. It was a family dog. This is in Indiana just two weeks ago. And the dog turned and bit her in the face. Right here, in the jaw, she had to go to the hospital. She had to go to the ER, had to get stitches. And it's frightening. She's fine. Okay? But it, it could have been terrible. It could have been an absolute, you know, the kind of thing on the news. And so my first posture before you is one of thanksgiving. That it wasn't worse than it, could, than it was. But even as we were sitting there, and we're in the ER, and she's obviously crying, and they're talking about what to have. I've had stitches before. I've had stitches a lot of times before. <laughs> but I've never had stitches from an animal bite. And it's interesting just talking to the doctor, the different things that take place that you do, depending on what kind of injury you've received. Now, I'm not trained in, in the art of doctoring and nursing and paramedics. Some of you are. But under, uh, understand that, that here we are. I'm expecting all of these stitches to take place, and they gave her one stitch. And I asked why, and I said, well, because it's, a, because it's an animal bite, we want to make sure that the wound stays open so that any infection can be dealt with and that the underlaying layers of skin begin to grow back first. It'll actually help with scarring. If we sew the whole thing up right now, you actually may not receive the healing that you think you are seeing because the wound is closed. Okay. Well, what about this scar, doctor? You know, and I've got, I mean, this, I had 27 stitches here. You know, I've got stitches right over here. I think I've got some back over here, too. <laughs> we're sitting here, and we're talking about different kinds of wounds. And track with me here, because here we are talking about living out your life, your definition, who you are as a son and daughter of God. And we can all recognize that all of us are dealing with different things. There are struggles that people have. Some struggles one person has, and another struggle another person doesn't have. All of us look very, very different, and yet we're all working to be identical 
identified in Jesus to let him give us security, to let him bring the healing, to let him bring the sanctification, for him to bring what only he can bring, for him to be our true defining source. And yet we find ourselves frustrated because we still seem to be struggling with this thing right over here. Here's what I want to remind you of today. Is that everything that you're dealing with is unique and it's different. And just because this right here might have been a a bicycle accident, right? This right over here might have been a dog bite. And God is bringing, uh, what's the word? God is working in all of your situations. And this morning, this is what I adjusted, and this is what, this is what it, I felt God giving us a right-hand turn on, because I, I felt like you guys needed to hear this today, that some of you who are coming to church, and you come week in and week out, and you know the right things to say, and you know the right things to do, and yet you're still struggling behind closed doors with some things, and you're frustrated, and you're ready to give up. I want you to hear what the Bible reminds us in Philippians 1.6, that confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until, until the day of Christ Jesus. God is at work. And like the Bob Ross painter that he is, he is painting an amazing, beautiful canvas that you would reflect the glory of God. And even though there are still some dings, and even though there are still some bumps, take joy in the fact that you have a good father who will finish what he has started. He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. He is at work. And even though this might be one stitch, and this one might be 27, and this This person might look completely like this is behind them, and this person might be dealing with it still. I've got great news for you. The same God is at work, and he's working in unique ways, and he's working in different ways. Don't compare yourself to the person next to you. Find your identity in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. You guys with me this morning? close with this. Peter wrote this. One of Jesus' right-hand guys. (laughs) He writes in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, he says that you, you, us, we. And we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Who are you today? You are a work in progress. And yet you're also somebody who has pulled pulled out of darkness to declare 
the marvelous work and the marvelous deeds and the marvelous light that you have been brought into. Who are you today? And you are God's craftsmanship, his workmanship, his great canvas. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's who you are. More than everything else today, you are an instrument to declare God's glory. He has called me out of darkness. And I've got great news. He is still calling me out of darkness. He's not done. He has called you out of darkness. And I've got great news for you. He is still calling you out of darkness. Because he hasn't finished the work that he started. He's working. And you get to sit back and enjoy the process of God working in you that you might display and declare the glory of Jesus Christ. Father, be with us today. Lord, even as we're wrestling with things like who we are on the inside, or God, wrestling with even just a, a simpler question of why do I keep struggling with these things, these thoughts, these attitudes, these words, these temptations. God, we choose today to find our identity in you and you alone. We find life today in you and you alone. God, and we invite you in to continue the process to finish what you've started. God, we know we're not done. You're just getting started. purchase us. You've made us new. You're cleaning us up. You're putting stitches where stitches need to go. You're closing wounds where wounds need to be closed. You're cutting off sin where sin needs to be cut off. You're, you're giving us lanes to run. You're giving us places to work harder. God, to try, to trust, to believe. joy in you today. You define us. Not our wealth. Not our friends. Not our station in life. Not our job. You. 
working in us right now. Working through us. God, we yield to you now. Have your way. In the name of Jesus, amen.